we ended up selling our house and we moved into a rental house and that paid for our first batch of inventory. Hey, my name is Felix Tia, and I'm the host of Shopify Masters, a weekly podcast powered by Shopify, the easiest way to sell online, in person, anywhere in between. Each week, we invite entrepreneurs like you to share what they've learned growing successful e-commerce businesses. In this episode, you'll learn how this entrepreneur made changes in their product packaging to address customer concerns that they were learning, how they were able to amass 30,000 positive reviews on Amazon, and why they geotarget their ads to focus around retail locations. Before the show, I wanted to chat about Exchange Marketplace. It's Shopify's marketplace to buy and sell businesses. In addition to browsing businesses that are up for sale, you can now gift a business to an aspiring entrepreneur in your life for as little as $50. Visit exchangemarketplace.com slash categories slash gift dash a dash business for more information, or you can go to the show notes to get the link as well. Today, I'm joined by Kelly Higney from Bug Bite Thing. Bug Bite Thing dedicates itself to offering customers a chemical-free, eco-friendly solution that effectively alleviates the discomfort, stinging, itching, and swelling caused by insect bites and stings, and was started in 2016 and based out of Port St. Lucie, Florida. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, so you originally made this product for, for your daughter, right? Tell us more about that. How did you, where did the idea come from? So this this product, um, so let me just back up. So I, I had made a move. I had a job opportunity um, back in 2013, um, and we relocated from California to South Florida. Um, when I got, I had a young daughter at the time. She was six months old, and when we moved out here, Um, one thing we were completely not anticipating was how bad the mosquito problem was. And, um, when I say bad, I mean, it was completely affecting our quality of life. I was avoiding the outdoors, um, at all costs. My daughter would get one mosquito bite and she, she reacts so severely. It turns into a blister and days of golf ball size welts, pain, itching, swelling, Um, and what was happening was, you know, we had just moved out here and it was like almost instant, um, where we were avoiding the outdoors and she was getting skin infections. I was suffering. So I started doing some research, how other, um, you know, what products were available on the market. And I tried every over the counter cream. Um, I tried every home remedy. I was looking up, you know, home remedies on Pinterest, how to, you know, prevent mosquito bites, how to relieve mosquito bites, nothing was working. And I came across um, a little known tool that was sold through some industrial first aid kits overseas. Um, And the premise behind it was it used suction and that removed the irritant. So uh, your body stops producing um, the uncomfortable symptoms like itching, swelling, um, you know, stinging. Because uh, it's the irritant that you're reacting to. So the premise behind the tool was you remove the irritant, your body stops producing the reaction. Um, so I ordered one in, not thinking much of it because, you know, I, I'm a year into suffering and nothing here that's available is working. And I ordered one in, got one in, it got a mosquito bite walking to my mailbox, ironically, and tried it. And I was dumbfounded. All the itching, the swelling, the pain within a matter of 30 seconds just disappeared. And I was like, what the heck? (laughs) Why is this not here? So that, um, you know, that started, you know, making me do more research and figuring out like why, why are, if this product is helping me so much and helping my daughter so much, why there's got to be other parents that would find, you know, 
the validity in this product or other people that are suffering that need this. So I was able to track down the, the manufacturer um, and we teamed up together and I branded the product Bug Bite Thing and I wanted to launch it here in the U.S. And that's kind of how I came across the product and started selling it. Yeah. So did you have a background in like entrepreneurship or business? Like how did you say, how did you go from looking for a solution to a, a problem that you were having, finding out that they, that there was already a, a solution out there and these, you know, like you mentioned, industrial first aid kits to then deciding, you know what, this, this is a problem that, that just doesn't exist in the market. And let me see yeah. how I can bring it out. What, what's your background? So my, I actually grew up from a long line of entrepreneurs. My grandmother was an entrepreneur. My mother is an entrepreneur. Um, she has an import-export business called AC Kerman. Um, it's been uh, in existence for 30 years. So I literally grew up in an office. Um, I started answering, you know, phones from the time I can talk. I was filing paperwork. Um, you know, I, I could recognize all the UPS, FedEx trucks and all the names of them by the time I was 10. So... I kind of always had, um, you know, that entrepreneurship instilled in me. I, I credit my mom a lot to that. Um, my thought process on things is very different than, than I notice um, a lot of people think. Um, I never, I just, I, I always try to figure out how to make things a win-win-win. Um, and for this, you know, there was a product on the market that worked amazing. It was little known and there was, you know, and I was a mom who it took away all my child's pain and suffering and it was working on me. So why, you know, why wouldn't I try to see if there was a need for it? And that's kind of what started the journey. Yeah, I think that your, your, your certainly your background, your, your upbringing kind of prepared you for this opportunity because I think a lot of folks out there will will have an idea for, for a product or maybe even come across a, a idea for a solution to, to a problem that they have. And then they find out that it already exists, right? You found out that it already exists. The solution already existed. And their immediate reaction is that, Oh, Oh no, this is, this is a dead end. Then I got to start over. I got to find something else. Like, why was it? Why, how did you think about this differently? I, I kept thinking, why is this not here? Because it worked on me. And so kind of the next step, honestly, was I started doing, I started field testing it. I had my one tool and I was, you know, we're in South Florida. So mosquito bites are a huge problem out here. So I had lots of, lots of test subjects. And um, the time that I had the product, I was, um, you know, before, this is even before I ordered my first batch of real inventory. I'm talking pre-sales. I was just testing the market to see if there was an interest because, you know, I was, I was a mom, I was working, I was, my daughter was in preschool and, you know, I wasn't thinking of starting a new business. It kind of came to me and I couldn't get out of my head. And I kept, you know, thinking if this could help me so much. And I, I mean, I was suffering. I mean, my daughter was on antibiotics because she would get skin infections and I hate that, you know, and there had to be other parents. And after talking to other moms and parents in my um, you know, own community, there was a huge demand for a, a chemical free solution to, you know, this problem. And I just, I don't know, I couldn't get out of my head. I was dreaming about it. I was thinking about it nonstop. And I just, knew I needed to make it available to anybody else that was suffering. Yeah. So, so there, during this phase where you were still trying to figure out, is anyone else interested in this? Like you were, you mentioned you're testing the market out. You were sounding like you were talking to other, other parents. What, what did that mean? Like, what were you doing? Like, what kind of answers were you looking for when you were going around to other, you know, moms and dads that might have a similar situation as you? 
So the first thing I, I was, before I purchased our first batch of inventory, before I wanted to go full throttle, I, I did a lot of my market research at the preschool because, you know, I was there, my daughter was there, there was other moms and parents there. Um, and it, it, just talking to the preschool itself, there were kids coming into the nurse's station on a daily basis having to put cream on because it has to be administered by a nurse because there's chemicals in it. And I just... I, I would just ask, you know, is what are you guys using? And everybody was using the exact same thing that wasn't working on them or myself. Um, they're having to reapply creams over and over because um, essentially you're masking the problem. You're not, you're not getting to the root of the problem. Um, you know, when an insect bites or stings you, they're injecting their saliva or venom under the surface of the skin. And it's your own body that's reacting to that irritant that's causing those symptoms. So a cream is just essentially numbing those symptoms and your body kind of has to run its course. So our product, you know, it removes the irritant so your body doesn't even produce those symptoms. So, you know, it's it's a game changer for a lot of people that, um, you know, that really get severe reactions to mosquito bites because you don't you know you're removing it before they get so severe that you're having to get antibiotic creams and and other things like that yeah you know when, when you you send me you're, you're gracious enough to send me a, a a sample of your product and it was funny to me because i never thought that there was another solution other than what you're talking yes. about where you just put some cream on or something and i'm determined to make this the first solution because why right. wouldn't we try to make the chemical option that's more effective that has science behind it clinical testing why wouldn't we try to make that the first go-to method aside from you know, trying to apply creams and chemicals over and over and over again on children and yourself for that matter. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think for anyone else out there who might, might've in other industries where they might've identified that there's a better solution out there, but it's just not here in the particular market that they're in. You mentioned that you, the next step you took was to track down the manufacturer, which again is another step that I think a lot of people might not think about doing, you know, why not? They might think, okay, let me just try to recreate this thing myself or start from scratch. But you went to the, the source, the, 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 the manufacturer that you already saw that was knew how to do this. So tell us about that. Like what was the process? like to find the manufacturer of that product? It, it's, it's very simple. I mean, we tracked them down and essentially I, um, I pitched it, right? I explained how I was shocked that this wasn't here in the United States, how I felt that every parent should have this tool to, you know, be armed with for relief for their children. Everybody that enjoys time outside needed this product. And, you know, we, we completely aligned, um, you know, my background through my mother's companies and my past entrepreneurship is all in marketing. So I have a real knack for marketing. I love getting, um, you know, in the consumer, on a consumer level, you know, I'm a consumer. I always put our customers first. Um, and, you know, I just, I, he saw my vision and, um, you know, he gave me a chance and we had a contract uh, that was signed. Essentially, my first contract was just for the United States. It was exclusive distribution rights for like the first year. Um, this was my very first contract before we hit our numbers. And um, essentially, um, I ordered my first batch of inventory and I started selling it. I branded it Bug Bite Thing. And um, and that's when I, I kind of launched it. Um, and ironically enough, I started right in my own backyard at my daughter's preschool's bake sales. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, it all starts somewhere, right? So that that's awesome. I think when you when you are when you you took the step to approach a manufacturer, it could be daunting for a lot of people to think, okay, I am a nobody, I don't have a company at all right now, I have an idea, I have, I see, I see a demand, but that's all I have. I'm going yeah. to approach a manufacturer. What do you think about your specific conversation? Conversations made them made you seem as an attractive partner for them, especially when you're coming in with basically no company at that time. Honestly, I think if you want my honest opinion, it was my passion that came through. I, I still to this day, um, you know, I'm on a mission because this product is a game changer. When I say that, it's I'm, I'm not only my customer, you know, there's at this point, we've got, you know, millions of people that have product in their hands. And, you know, just on Amazon alone, there's 30,000, you know, positive reviews. Um, we're the number one best selling product, you know, on Amazon for insect bite relief. Um, so it was never really about, it was just, I just needed people to know it existed, <laughs> you know, it was it. So I think just having that mindset, um, really, uh, resonated with our, our factory and he believed in us since the beginning. Um, you know, since, since then we're three years down, we've, you know, we've, We've partnered, um, you know, completely with them for global distribution rights. So we're just this year, we're launching into 25 countries. So now we're tackling um, their headquarters. They don't sell any OEM product anymore. Um, they've converted it to Bug Biting Headquarters Europe. And essentially the U.S. and Europe now are, we're tackling the world globally to make this a household name. Wow, that's amazing. And it all started, you mentioned, by selling it locally. So you even before you're selling it, sound like even before you're you had that much sales online. Yeah, yes, grassroots. I start so my first batch of inventory, let's back up. I ordered it and I, I literally started in my own backyard. Um, I started selling my bake sales. And that's where I got a good chunk of the consumer feedback on the validity of the product. People were coming to me saying they were using it on bee stings and wasps and red ants and their children that have been suffering for years and years and years um, on, you know, and it seems exact same thing that was happening with my child, you know, antibiotic creams and miserable nights of waking up and itching and no, you know, nothing giving their children relief. And so when I started selling, what I re recognized really quickly was our product almost became an impulse item once people realized what it is and what it did. And I could explain the science behind it. Then people were willing to give it a chance. So that's kind of where, you know, I, I got mm. my start. Okay. So you mentioned that you were getting this feedback when you're selling it locally and you got that you, you had this validation that people were using on, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of problems that they were having that you thought they, they would need help, need help with. Did you learn anything else about the product that time, about how to market, what, what kind of maybe changes you might need to make from, from talking to, to your, your customers? Well, I, I, I really, I realized very quickly after, you know, a few bake sales, I, I exhausted my customer base there. And so now was the figuring out how I bring this from, you know, selling them in person to bake sales to online and seeing if there was even a, a bigger demand for our product. Yeah. And one thing you had told to us was that one major lesson around how to market, especially online, especially with e-commerce business, was that you need to understand how customers reacted to the product yeah. and then translate those reactions to your online marketing strategy. So this is a really interesting insight. Can you tell us more about that? What does that mean to you? To me, it means everything. So the, the, the immediately right when I started selling them in person, I knew the skepticism that was coming, you know, from just the questions that were being asked, that there's no way that will work. That hasn't been here. You know, it would already be here if it worked. Um, there was just 
something so simple can't work. There was no testimonials on it. There was no credibility on it. Um, so those were the negative feedback that I knew right off the bat I had to figure out how to overcome when I launched this on, you know, through e-commerce. Um, so one of the first things that I did was I, I, uh, um, I, I made our product have a 100% money back guarantee. So because I knew the once people used it and they realized what it was, how it worked, and they used it for the first time, I knew that they were going to tell 10 more people about it. So the obstacle became, how do I get that first person person to try it, test it, and now become, you know, part of the bug bite thing family to tell 10 more people about it. So that kind of was my strategy from day one. Um, I didn't have a lot of funds to invest in marketing dollars. I mean, everything was grassroots. Uh, when I made the leap from quitting my job working with my mother to launching bug bite thing full time, this was after I had the, you know, the testing at the trade shows and I knew I wanted to go to online. That's when I kind of flipped the switch. Uh, we ended up selling our house um, and we moved into a rental house and that paid for our first batch of inventory. Um, I started teaching myself social media marketing because I didn't have the funds to invest in a, you know, in a, in an agency at the beginning. Um, so there was just a lot of figuring things out once I was able to prove the validity of my product, that there was a demand, that there was an interest, that people, um, that people were responding to it. That, that's amazing. I've never heard of someone that believes so much in their, in their business, especially early on that they're willing to sell their house to keep this thing funded. So tell us more about that. Like, what did you see? What, what was it for you that, that totally convinced you? So, you know what, let's put everything on the line. This is going to work. People, there's a need for this. Let's go all in. When I started having parents track me down in the parking lot to purchase product outside of bake sales, that's when I knew there was a demand for my product. I was, it was growing word of mouth just in my own backyard. Um, I had people literally meeting me in the parking lot. I, I downloaded my Shopify point of sale app <laughs> and I was literally taking orders from the trunk of my car selling bug bite things. And that's how I knew there was a demand. So if, again, if I could take what I did on a smaller level and I can translate to that, you know, to digital and, and get it out there on a bigger level. I, I was convinced that there was going to be the same response. Yeah. And the thing you mentioned about how there was this, this work locally because they saw who you were, you're, you're a member of the community. So you got over a lot of that kind of lack of trust. And I think that's what you're getting at about how it's a brand new company. There's, there's, there's like, why does, why does that probably not exist? It's so simple. It's a simple solution. If it worked, why doesn't, why is someone already selling it? And you mentioned you fixed this by having this hundred percent money back guarantee. Was there anything else in there that helped you get people to just try it out for the first time? Honestly, at the beginning, I was I was begging people to try it and saying, if it doesn't work, give it back to me and I will give you your money back. Like that's literally what, what I did at the beginning. And I had enough people that tried the product and ended up telling 10 more people about it that it started growing like wildfire word of mouth. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the reviews speak for themselves, right? You mentioned 30,000 positive reviews uh, on Amazon, also a bunch on your site as well. W was there anything that you did? Uh, obviously the product has to work, but were there other ways for you to help encourage that, 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 that proof that, that kind of social proof that, Hey, other, other parent, other people are using this product and you should give it a chance to. My number one marketing strategy still to this day is repurposing real testimonials and stories about our product. 
Um, that's all I do. I never sell our product. I never want people to feel pressured to buying our product because that's not what it was for me at the beginning. I was truly trying to find relief for my daughter. Um, and I want parents and other people who are really suffering to just give it a try because there's enough people that I have proof, you know, it works on enough people. And, And the testimonials, when you read through them, they're not, they're not like it works. It's like, they're life changing. Like, where has this been my entire life? I, you know, we have, you know, pediatric cancer doctors referring our product because, you know, they don't want there some, there's something in, you know, chemo treatment that makes children more susceptible to mosquito bites and the chemicals can be risky. So we're a chemical free option. We're, you know, providing to other people. And I don't know, it's just, it feels great to, to be helping that many people at the same time. So it was never really about selling the product. Um, I think people just can see real. I think, you know, I, I think the consumer's smart and I, I never wanted to trick them into anything. I just was always honest from the beginning. Makes sense. Yeah. And you mentioned a lot of this is just sold by your past customers, right? They are leaving testimonials and stories and reviews. Can you say more about that? Like how are you repurposing these, these, you know, great, this great feedback and these great reviews? How are you using it in your, in your marketing to make sure that there's other people that might not know about it, about your product that can hear about it and hear the efficacy of it? I, I mean, we're just, like I said, we're re, we have a whole social strategy that we repurpose testimonials. Um, we have the Shopify review app on, installed on our website that creates a ton of SEO around our products. So when people search, does the bug bite thing work? Um, you know, Shopify reviews pop right up to, to help combat that. And again, I, you know, the consumer's smart. They know at this stage if they're fake reviews or not. There's, you know, and I just... Again, it was by giving people that 100% money back guarantee, it just takes the guesswork out of the product. I'm not, I'm not trying to make a sale. I'm trying to give people relief. Mm. Now you, you said that, um, you, you, you use the, the kind of social proof and testimonials on social media. Can you say more about that? I think that other people that might have reviews might not be getting the most kind of mileage out of it. What have you been doing on social media with uh, the testimonials and reviews? Just repurposing them into ad content. Um, we use a lot of user-generated content that we, um, you know, will combine them to showcase, you know, multiple people's viewpoint on our product. Um, there's, I mean, it's it's really just displaying it everywhere. Um, anywhere that we can, uh, you know, showcase a life-changing situation or scenario or, uh, you know, something really impactful, like, like, you know, I'm just giving, throw out a a scenario. Somebody got stung by three bees in one spot and used our product and didn't have any reaction where previously they gave us an example where they had one bee sting and they had to go to the emergency room. So just stuff like that, that comes in, is just so impactful. And as a brand, you're reading that. And why, you know, if we could tell other people, other people's experiences, not only does it help get the word out there, it's it's giving other people a tool that can help them get relief and not be in pain and avoid doctor's visits. I mean, you read through the testimonials. That's all I encourage people to do, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think I think the good lesson here is that if you have a product that, that works and gets results, a lot of marketing can be done for you or your, your job is just to kind of amplify the the testimonials and the results that your customers have gotten. I think that makes, you know, marketing a lot easier in some ways, right? Just that- It really does. It, it really does because you're just showcasing real and, and it feels good. Again, you know, we just need people to know our pro- what our product is and that it exists. And 
um, I think we're, we're doing a pretty good job at that. Yeah. So, so far we've been talking about parents and moms who are using this for their, their children. One interesting thing that you had shared with us was that when you initially launched, you, you had thought that maybe the market would be male outdoorsmen. And you had mentioned that that, that demographic is still a piece of your market, the, 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 but the big piece of your market is still moms like you who are on a mission to help their kids. Tell us more about that. Like, What was the discovery like that? Wait a second. Maybe we're missing a big chunk of who actually needs this. To digital, so so right. I have all the consumer feedback from you know the preschool. We're we're rocking and rolling. I have people tracking me down. So now it came to how am I going to launch this thing online? And um, so I started teaching myself basic you know social media classes, um, and I started doing target marketing. And in my head, you know, I I picked a demographic, and I thought that you know the male outdoorsman who's spending time fishing, camping, hiking, um, you know, that would be the first demographic I would go after to really hit it hard, um, you know, online. And although that now remains a big part of our market, when I launched this, the skepticism that I was reached that that met me right when I launched this online with the male outdoorsman was so. 180 degrees backwards from what the response I was getting when I was able to sell and talk about it in person that I knew I had a problem. There was a big disconnect there and um, I had to pivot. (laughs) And that's when I started saying, okay, well, what was really working for me at those, at at the bake sales and in the parking lot, who was my customer? And they were all moms. They were all moms who were getting their husbands to use it or who were, who were getting their children, you know, to use it, who were suffering, who were telling their girlfriends about it, who were telling their family members about it. So I switched my, my, my social strategy to back to, um, you know, moms just like me. And almost instantly I saw the turn and, you know, traffic and everything started going in the right direction. That's, that's, that's really interesting. And then a good point about how, when you, stepped onto this new stage about how do we, how do we really blow this thing up online? You said, you know, there's probably a big market of, of outdoorsmen. Let's go after them. Didn't work as you expected. And then you just went back and said, what, what's already working? And let's just kind of do that. And it's funny that the answer is kind of that simple, but a lot of times we're so focused on, on maybe something else that we, we lose sight of what's already working. And how, and how easy out of all the hiccups I ran into, would it have been to just say, you know what, this isn't going to work. I can't invest any more money. I can't invest time. There was a lot of that at the beginning, figuring out how to really, you know, figure this out. And, um, you know, I, I just, again, it was the feedback. I, I say that, you know, in every interview that I'm on, it, the, the feedback was what really motivated and kept driving me because, at the end of the day, I found this product because I was in the same boat as all these other people. I was suffering. I was, my daughter was suffering. It was literally affecting our lives on a daily basis to some capacity. And there's a lot of other people around the world that are in the exact same boat as us. Hey, real quick. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think or what you'd like to hear more of. Now let's get back to the interview. Now, when you do have kind of these different demographics, you mentioned still the the male outdoorsman, that that demographic is still customers of yours. Did you have to, what, what changes do you have to make in your, your marketing or your branding or the packaging to kind of serve multiple demographics? 
a lot of it was testing. I mean, we're on package version number five, you know, uh, at, at, on the retail level now. And it's just, it's listening to, again, I credit our customers. Our, if you listen to your customers, they tell you how to run your business in a, in a way. You know, they tell you the next products they want. They tell you the modifications. They tell you what they're happy with. They tell you what they're unhappy with. They tell you about the skepticism they have. They tell you about what got them to purchase the product. They're your, they're your, your key right there. If you can figure out your own customers and, and, you know, decode what, what gets in their head to, to make it a win, win, win. That's, you know, we've done that since the beginning. You know, we listen to our customers. Yeah, it makes sense. Then you, you said that you, you, you're now on version number five of the packaging. Can you tell us more about that? Like what kind of changes have you made over time to, to kind of address some of these? Sure. So, I, I mean, the first, so just, let me just back up. So this year is, uh, is a big year for bug bite thing. Um, we're going to be launching in 25,000 retail locations this year, um, from Walmart to Lowe's to Home Depot to CVS. Um, so, but previous to that, um, we had packaging issues, right? Um, our product is new to the market. So not only is our product new to the market, it's a new concept. So just like you had said earlier in your, in the interview, you don't, when you think of a bug bite, you, your brain doesn't even go to another alternative. You don't even think there's another alternative. You're, you're going to the store and you're buying, you know, a cream to, to put on and let it run its course. Um, so this year, you know, we're going to have a lot of, um, this, you know, our product's going to be everywhere. And I think it's going to be really interesting this year, you know, what happens with bug bite thing. Um, but in previous years, you know, the feedback that we got, we started out with our packaging completely in a box where our product wasn't, um, think of it like a, a, like a, like a cream, right? It's completely hidden. It's behind a box. Um, even though we were calling out insect bite relief suction tool, um, people's brains don't go there when they're walking in a shelf and they see a cream and then they see something similar on the, on the shelf. They're thinking it's an alternative. So when we failed, I would say the first year we launched at retail, I was not happy with the results. And I give that to not having enough education around our product. Um, so one of the things that we did and we've done since we've revised our packaging over the last few years is we, we now market and we, we, we drive people to the stores in addition to educating them. So, um, I have a program that we have called retail target marketing and essentially, um, we work with the buyers of these big box stores and, um, we create a custom program. Essentially, it's just geo-targeting around certain locations to really educate people around the retail stores that are going to be carrying our product, what our product is, what it does, and where they can purchase it. And I think working in conjunction with that has really helped, um, you know, sell, help us sell through at the retail level. I, th I think that's re that's really interesting. So I, I want I want you to um, I want to dive into a little into this a little bit more. So geo targeting around locations that are not carrying your product. You mentioned the focus on this is not necessarily getting the sale, but around education, like not getting the sale on your website, but educating the 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 the, the area about about you and your product and the and and the and the efficacy of it. Can you say more about that? Like, what does that actually look like? What kind of edu how do you educate the these people? Uh, just through ads. I mean, we have a lot of educational ads up. What our product is, what it does, um, the science behind the product, and then where they can purchase it. Um, 
again, it's just a mixture of things. I think what's happening now that we're, you know, I don't know if you know, we're a Shark Tank company. So we got the chance to be featured on Shark Tank in 2019. And again, that was because of my marketing. I, I'm self-taught and it ended up catching the eyes in the, of a producer at Shark Tank. And they tracked me down and they encouraged me to audition for the show. And so that, you know, there's, there's just a whole combination of things going on now that I think is driving the success of Bug Bite Thing. You know, we've got the Shark Tank validity, we've got retail, we've got international happening, we've got social media, we've got e-commerce. Um, and, you know, we're just, we're just branching wherever we can. <laughs> yeah, so, so lots of, lots of very fast paced growth over yeah. the last years. And then certainly this year, you said worldwide, how many countries are you expanding into this year? 25 year i feel it in my bones yeah I keep all my team that i'm like i feel it you know last year we just had so much growth i mean we went from so prior to shark tank airing um i was running this out of my house right um we i had two employees it was very small potatoes um and when we aired on shark tank we had to move very quickly and we went from you know, we, we moved into a 5,000 square foot facility. We outgrew that. So then we moved into a 10,000 square foot facility. Um, you know, we, we have over 30 employees now. And again, this is all just in oh, just over a year. Um, so we've had to kind of figure everything out really quick <laughs> and, you know, just do the best we can. Yeah, and I can imagine there are different kind of challenges and different areas of focus for you at these different stages. So now that this this year and the last year really is focused on this kind of quick, rapid growth, what kind of what kind of challenges are, are you facing these days that, that you're putting your attention on? I mean, honestly, the challenges that we face um, are education around the product. That's still something that is at the forefront most, you know, of our attention on, on marketing is educating people that are what our product is, the science behind our product and that it exists. Um, so that's been challenging, um, keeping up with the growth and the demand um, with inventory requirements, um, especially navigating all that during COVID. Um, that has been a really big challenge for us. Um you know, because at this level, you know, we're producing them by the millions. So you have to have planning. And um, so that's been a challenge, but we're, you know, we're, we've got everything in order this year. Um, we ran into some inventory issues last year that, um, you know, that we, that we're ahead of the game on this year. So that will be good. Um, I mean, those, it's just growing pains. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, at the very beginning, the challenges, you know, that we faced was figuring out who the right, you know, demographic was on social media. And that was the big change from targeting male outdoorsmen to going back to my grassroots of what started this, you know, um, and just, you know, just the growing pains. I mean, there's a lot happening all at one time and there's only so many hours in a day and there's only so many people you can train in a day. And, um, so yeah, I would say that mm -hmm. makes sense. Now the, the around the, the science and education of the product, especially when it's like a, a new product category, right. That you're talking about, yeah. how do you know what your customers, your, your prospective customers need to learn before they're ready to give it a chance? That's a great question. And I don't have an answer for that. I didn't know. And I had to do a lot of testing. So again, going back to, you know, what we stay true to as a company, our consumer experience is number one for us always from their first, 
um, interaction from hearing about our product to you know ordering it on our website to receiving it to reviewing it everything is is customer driven so um, I think if you just focus on your customers and listen to them it gives you more insight than you think don't guess listen to your own customers and they a lot of the times they give you what you need to pivot or change directions Makes sense. And one thing I want to touch on too is around that you mentioned social media already is something that, that you're focusing on, but you also mentioned that there's a affiliate marketing program too. Tell us about that. What is, how do you use the affiliate marketing program to grow your business? Yeah, we created our own affiliate marketing program. So because again, I did this grassroots, our customers have almost become like family to me. Um, you know, we, we treat everybody like they're a part of this. Um, so no matter how, if you're just a customer that used it for the first time and want to tell 10 more people about it, or you're an influencer with a big audience that, you know, feel like you want to educate people of a, a chemical free solution that's better, um, you know, you can be involved in our program. <laughs> so we have everything from loyalty. We're working on a loyalty program for customers. Um, we have uh, uh, we work, I believe there's a program, a third party program we, uh, that integrates um, that's called Refersion that we use um, that essentially is just link tracking so we can track if, you know, if a sale was was made from a link that one of our influencers put out there. Um, but again, and we always teach our influencers and our affiliates and whoever we're involved with that's going to be talking about bug bite thing, the same thing. You don't have to sell the product. We don't want people on there selling the product because that's not who we are. We just need to educate people what our product is, what it does, that it exists, and how many other people are getting relief from the product. And, you know, back it up with that 100% money back guarantee so there's no risk to try it. Yeah, so speaking of the the 100% money back guarantee, you had also mentioned that there your your it sounds like your core value, core tenant is around quality customer service experience, yeah. which obviously will you know, encourage things like word of mouth if someone's having a great experience with you you and your company. Can you talk more about that? Like what other things what other things have you done that has improved the customer service experience for your customers? We've I mean, we're still doing it. I think it's a date. It's it's something that we will do, you know, as long as bug bite thing is in existence. Um, you know, we we roll new things out all the time. We just rolled out a live chat feature to help, you know, be more interactive with our customers. Um, we're you know, our website is is focused on our customers. One of the things that we do often is keep the, the banner on our website updated so people know that we're there, we're relevant. Um, we have a phone number. You can pick up the phone and call us. <laughs> we have a team, you know, here ready to take your you know, questions or help you place an order. You know, I, I grew up, you know, in a family owned business, so I don't I don't know another way. And maybe that's just me being naive. But I our customers drive our product and they drive our business. And I think it's critical to take care of them at all levels and make sure that their experience is the best. Right. And you mentioned the website being a big part of that around banner updates. You implemented live chat. You have a phone number, someone can pick up and talk to a real person. What other changes have you made over the years on the website specifically to improve the experience, to make people more comfortable and, 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 and trust the, to try the product out? Well, the wonderful thing about Shopify is it can grow with your business. Let me tell you that. I My first Shopify um, you know, web front was terrible. I did it myself, but it still worked. And um, it, it was, it, it, the, the platform and the themes, they make it so easy. So even if you have no experience and you think everything is terrible, it still looks good enough to put out there. 
And then you go off of that. You start tweaking. Um, you start adding tools to help you get smarter. Um, one of the things that we, you know, we have Google Analytics installed on our website. Um, so we can track where people are falling off our web pages. Um, just, again, customer experience. Where, where are customers hanging out on our website? What are they reading? What, what more can we put out there to get them to purchase? Um, just, again, just focusing your entire website around consumer experience. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So, yeah, the, the, the changes around, like, like the, the banner you mentioned, there's there's a demo video showing them how the product works, what, what what it does. And you mentioned that you just kind of see where people are spending their time on the website. Are there any certain parts of the website that surprise you? Like, wow, I should, we should invest more time here that you had not thought about? Yeah, we actually are in the process, too, of revamping some things on our website. But there's a lot of people um, now because of Shark Tank that are hanging out on our mom on a mission section. Um, so, again, a brand story, I think, is really important. Um, we're in a day and age where there's a lot of, uh, you know, distrust in, on the, in the online community. There's a lot of counterfeit product out there. There's a lot of companies that aren't US-based companies that you can't pick up the phone and call to find out why your product hasn't been here for three months that you paid for. Um, and I just think that we're, you know, we're, we're simplifying things a little bit. We just, we just want to be there for our customers and make things easy for them. You know, we want to offer them a line of products so we can be the trusted source that they go come back to. Awesome. So yeah, bugbiteting.com is the website. And I'll leave you this last question. What do you think has been like the biggest lesson that you've learned over the past year that you and you as a company are applying moving forward? Honestly, don't be afraid to pivot. That's the biggest thing I can tell companies. If, if you have a great idea and you, you, you know, you do market research and get feedback from people, you know, consumers don't, you know, but if it's not what you think, don't be afraid to pivot and try that same approach just a different way or to a different audience or tweak it or ask, you know, what could make this better or what would make your experience better? Um, don't be afraid to ask. You know, I think a lot of brands get in their head and they, they don't they don't get down on the consumer level. You know, what is these these are just people that are, are you know, they're taking their money and they're purchasing something in hopes that they're going to get something out of it. So how can you make that experience the best for them and the easiest and, um, you know, keep them coming back? Yeah, I think there's something there about putting your original idea on like a pedestal where you do everything to protect and defend it when the, the market might tell you something different. And you're saying like, you know, don't do that. Yep. That's exactly yeah. my point. Just listen to the market. Even though you have an idea, it may not be a hundred percent there. Like mine wasn't right. I, I write, I went after male outdoorsmen. If I would have stuck with that, I would never have grown at the pace that we're growing now. And I wouldn't have even branched into that demographic as fast as I have. If I didn't go to back to the moms at the beginning, that was what was driving this. So I think it's really important to listen to your customer and, and feedback. Totally makes sense. So again, bugbiteing.com. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Shopify Masters, the e-commerce podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs powered by Shopify.